welcome to the Pirate's Eye podcast, produced by the Seton Hall Alumni Engagement and Philanthropy Department. I'm your host, Bianca Velez, fellow pirate of the class of 2010, and each month I'll be sitting down with an alumnus to chat about their career, their life journey, and the role that Seton Hall played in getting them where they are today, or continues to play. In this next episode, we have our pirate's eye on, not a person, but on the Seton Hall Center for Sports Media. Founded in the fall of 2021 by renowned sports journalist and fellow pirate Bob Lee, the new center held its inaugural gala this September. And right before the event, I sat down with the center's executive director, Jane McManus, to hear all about the preparations for the big night and the center's vision for providing Seton Hall students with a world-class sports media learning environment. I certainly enjoyed this chat with Jane, and I hope you do too. Take a listen to the latest episode of the Pirate's Eye podcast. Jane, thank you so much for joining the Pirates Eye podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. I am excited to be here. Thank you so much for thinking this would be fun. I absolutely think this is going to be fun because I tend to have a little bit of bias when it comes to anything related to broadcasting or media. As a Seton Hall alum from the broadcasting program myself, this is particularly of interest. Uh, That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. You are the executive director of Seton Hall Center for Sports Media. That is a fairly new area for Seton Hall, having launched in the fall of 2021. So for folks who aren't up to speed, can you tell us a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, so, well, there's so many great things about Seton Hall already that kind of connect to sports in some way. A lot of, you know, everybody knows about the basketball teams and um, and the athletics program that goes on here. There's also the Stillman School of Sports Management, and we have a law school that has a really strong um you know, curriculum around gaming and uh, sports law. So uh, it seems like a natural, especially with all the undergraduate offerings as well with Pirate TV and WSOU and the Setonian to really uh, create something that helps kind of coalesce all of those different opportunities for students. I think for a long time, students who come to Seton Hall who are interested in sports media could kind of find their way, like our founder, Bob Lee, for example, or John Fanta and a number of other folks uh, at Seton Hall, but this is kind of a way to make it so they don't all have to kind of pick out their own path, that we're kind of creating the path. So it's a little bit more established, a little bit easier to find, a little bit easier to connect current students um, with the industry that they want to join. I love this so much because I think when we talk about the media industry, especially sports media, we're always talking about a very competitive profession. And that's that's often what you hear, especially college students. It's a very competitive profession. So it sounds like the creation of the Center for Sports Media is just further preparing our students for that competitiveness, further preparing them for them to be just ready professionals when they go into whatever it is that they're looking to go into. 
Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to all be competitive at the start. I think, you know, that we can have a collaborative environment to help kind of foster some of those, those skills to start. You know, the way I look at it, it is a totally competitive environment. And certainly, you know, at ESPN, where I was for nearly a decade, um, I think that keeping, you know, a roster spot at ESPN is is just as tough as keeping a roster spot on a pro team. You know, there are a lot of people who want those places that want to come in. They, you know, they want to be sitting at that table talking about sports. Um, and so, but in order to do that, I think students today have to be even more prepared than my generation was when we came out of college and when, you know, I went to grad school. So I had a little bit more finishing on top of that. Right. But I, I think, you know, given, um, you know, especially for programming jobs and for uh, the broadcast industry, the, there's so much you need to know technically. Right. You need to have uh, hands, literal hands-on experience with the programs that you're going to need with the control board, with what it looks like to sit in a control room and broadcast a game, all of that, whether you want to do play-by-play or you want to, you know, be, you know, queuing, um, you know, ads and, and queuing replays and all that other stuff. Like you have to be familiar with the equipment uh, on day one and it has to be modern, you know, it has to be up to date. So I think that it's a combination between those skills and then the more traditional academic uh, journalism um, theory kind of stuff that, and and also, you know, just this instilling students with this sense of their own credibility. Um, and because the media, because it is such a fast paced and competitive environment, you really want students to have a, a strong sense of integrity when they hit that market. Mm, key word. I love that integrity. I think that is so important. And you mentioned Bob Lee. which we love and we know. Um, So tell me a little bit about how Bob Lee is involved in the Center for for Sports Media. Well, he's the founder. I mean, plain and simple. I worked with him at at ESPN and and was on Outside the Lines a number of times with him uh, and got got to know him over the years that way, working with him. And, um, And, you know, he really is the gold standard in our business in a lot of different ways. And I think what his involvement is, is he really, he really wants to pass along the idea of excellence to the next generation of, you know, again, integrity, that word is a really, is a really big part of what we're trying to do here. And, um, and, and so his involvement really, he's kind of like, uh, he's a day-to-day kind of guy. He's really, he's interested in knowing what's happening. What are the different things we're thinking about and who are we going to have on campus? Um, but he's also kind of, you know, uh, a focal point, uh, in terms of, you know, reminding ourselves uh, what it is that we, the ethos of this center for sports media. And, um, and, and I really appreciate his involvement. He's, he's such an incredible partner. It's so great to, you know, be able to work with him and kind of envision what the future of this program is going to look like with him. And I love to hear that he's, you know, involved, sleeves rolled up day to day, because I think that that type of access and that type of exposure for Seton Hall students is, is really incredible. It is. It's also, it's important, you know, this is a business where you often recognize people, you know, when they, you know, walk through an airport, for example, like (laughs) he's the kind of person that you'd, you'd look at him and you, and, and even students today, I think that, you know, sometimes they, you know, they know who he is, they know what he's done. Sure. Um, And it, and that's really important to kind of have that, um, recognition that not every sports media job is going to be front facing. Sure. You know, we have a lot of people who come in and they want to be Stephen A. Smith or Aaron Andrews or somebody who they see on the sideline or 
um, you know, in a in analyst uh, capacity. And you know, it's important. I love that. You know, come on in. Let's have a discussion. But you know, there are very few people who are going to go on to recreate someone else's role. You really want to create your own role, whatever that's going to look like. And so it's getting students who have the interest who come in here because of that interest, and then saying to them, "That's great that you." Um, that you have those people that you look up to, but what is it? Who are you? Mm. Who are you going to be here? Mm -hmm. And whether that's, you know, in front of a camera or behind it, there are lots of different roles and there are lots of different ways to be involved. Yeah, I love, and I love that guidance, right? That you guys are providing to help young folks figure that out for themselves. And I want to switch gears to actually switch back to Bobbly one more time, because if I understand correctly, <laughs> You are hosting an inauguration gala for the Center for Sports Media, and Bobbly is going to be honoring someone pretty prominent. Is that right? Well, he is actually going to be honoring Robin Roberts, who is our our kind of um, she's going to receive a Lifetime Professional Achievement Award, uh, our first such award at the Center for Sports Media. It's a it's a fundraiser for us. It's a gala. It's a way to kind of recognize um, you know the people that we want to grow up and be like. Number one but also um, a way for the community to come together. We've all been so, it's just been such a weird three years, you know, since 2020 and with COVID and not everybody's been able to be in person and, um, or, and not all the events have been in person. We've had a lot of things that have been put on pause. And I think, you know, sometimes some, some events like this that kind of bring a community together um, have been some of the first things to go because, you know, you think of, um, you know, what you need to get, you probably need to go to the grocery store. You may not need to go to a fundraiser, uh, in your day-to-day -day sure, life sure. You know, at the height of the lot, height of the lockdown. But now we're at a place, you know, knock on wood where we can have a little bit more in-person togetherness celebration. And so we are really looking at this as a way of kind of, you know, um, uh, and, you know, it's a it's a statement uh, of a of a night and we're really looking forward to being able to kind of announce ourselves and and, you know, be together and um, bring together some people in the industry who are engaged and and talk about, you know, what is it what is it that we want to see happening here and what do, what do our students really demand from us for the next iteration of this business? Well, that's really exciting. And to be honoring you know, such talent is, is certainly newsworthy and noteworthy. How did that come to be? Well, <laughs> Bob Lee, once again, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, you know, he really did have the vision for this and he's a, you know, he's a person who's, who certainly when he's seen worthwhile causes in the course of his career, he's raised his hand to help get those off the ground. And I think he has a lot of goodwill within the business and that there are a lot of people who want his his passion and his project, um, you know, given how important a career he's had, that they want to see his his project get off the ground as well. And so right. we really do, we have a spectacular group of people who are going to be here. And of course, Robin Roberts showing up in person um, to receive the Lifetime Professional Achievement Award. It just is a testament to his organization um, his organizational skills and, and the way that he has networked over the course of his career. Now, Jane, we've talked plenty about Bob Lee and we love him. We know him, but let's talk a little bit about you. You are the executive director and that is for good reason. What has your, your, what has your career trajectory been to lead you 
to Seton Hall? Well, you know, that's a boy, how much time do we have? Two, two and a half hours, <laughs> the longest podcast ever recorded. Um, I will, I'll try to, I'll try to give you the edited version. Um, so, you know, I was, I consider myself a title nine baby. I was born in 1971. Um, and I was born in, you know, Southern Virginia, Southwest Virginia. Um, uh, and I grew up around there and, you know, they're just, I was super into sports. I loved being outside. I loved, you know, being active, but at that time there weren't a lot around me. There weren't a lot of organized sports for girls to play. Things like that were still kind of getting started. Um, and so I just, you know, I was, I was playing neighborhood games. My first, um, my first, uh, my first injury sports injury was tackling, um, somebody's dad in just a <laughs> neighborhood football. I needed stitches. I got driven to the hospital in some, on somebody's um, big wheel. If you guys remember what those oh were. Oh my God, that is great. <laughs> I know, right? Like, but that's just kind of, I was just a scrappy kid. I was in the woods. I was climbing trees. Like that was the, the way I was raised. And then, you know, I got super into basketball, but I, I didn't play like organized basketball or anything. And um, so I just, I played when I went to college, I went to St. John's college and I played intramurals and I played for the, for the women's team. And then I ended up playing for the men's team as well. Oh, wow. I loved playing basketball. I played all the time. And then when I moved to New York, I started, I started playing basketball on outdoor courts and also the prospect park. Why? Um, and, you know, and I just, I loved that. And I, and I love, you know, it weren't a lot of women doing that at the time, brought my own leather balls so that I could get into the games because it was the best ball on the court. I thought <laughs> I wanted to go to law school and I started working at a law firm in New York city. Um, and then I realized I did not want to go to law school <laughs> <laughs> and a friend of mine, we were skate, uh, we were, um, roller skating in prospect park. And she said, you know, you should be a sports writer. Cause I was super into sports and I loved the Knicks and, um, and this was back in the early nineties. And I just was like, oh my goodness, I should totally be a sports writer. And I didn't even think that, you know, that was something that women and girls did right. at the time. And, and there were, at the time, there were a number of really good columnists in New York. Uh, Lisa Olson uh, certainly was one of them. And, and I was like, I started looking around and I started thinking, you know, maybe I could do that. How, how does somebody become a sports writer? And, right. um, and I went to J school, I went to the Columbia graduate school of J school, uh, Columbia graduate school of journalism to get a master's in journalism, because I just wasn't even sure you know, how do you go from being a paralegal, paralegal in a law firm to, you know, working professionally in New York city. I wanted to stay in the city. Um, and, and, and ultimately, you know, I was able to, I started working as a, you know, part-time high school writer for Newsday. Um, and I literally worked my way up, um, and got to cover kind of, um, you know, a lot of great things over the years. I've covered about 20 U S opens. Wow. Uh, five Super Bowls, two Final Fours, men's basketball, a Final Four women's basketball. You know, so I've, I've really covered a lot of events. I ended up working at ESPN, as I said, covering the NFL. I covered the Jets for about five years and, and was an NFL analyst for them as well. I did some radio um, and, of course, outside the lines with, with uh, Bob. Um, part of their Friday four for a time as well. So I, I've, I've had a long career and I've kind of seen a lot of things firsthand. I've seen the, the evolution of women's sports, something that I was, you know, very interested in, first of all, because of my own background, sure. um, but also because, you know, 1997 was really um, a big year. That's the year I came out of 
grad school, but more importantly, it was a, it was a, there was a lot happening around women's sports. That was the, the year that the WNBA began. It was mm. the year after the American women had such a big Olympics in Atlanta, winning so many gold medals uh, for team sports and gymnastics. And I, I've always been really interested in that. And of course, 99, you had the, the Rose Bowl filling up to watch the U.S. women's national team win the, the gold medal. So I think, you know, there, I've seen a lot of things and I've gotten to cover a lot of things. And, and over the course of my career, I've, I think I've gained a lot of perspective um, when it comes to sports and thinking about that. And, and I've taught over the years as well at Columbia Graduate School of Journalism, where I got my own degree. I taught for about 10 years there as an adjunct in the sports journalism class. Uh, and then I started working at Marist um, uh, as a as the director for their Center for Sports Communication. And I did that for about three years before Seton Hall um, decided to start its own school. So, or its own center in that regard. And, and here I am. And, and so it's been a, it's it makes a lot of sense. I've done a lot of different things, but they all kind of point in one direction. And, um, you know, I'm passionate about sports. I'm passionate about journalism and, uh, you know, and I'm also, I really enjoy working with students and helping them find and develop their own path. And, um, and that's really, and that's really the reason I, I enjoy it and why I do it. You know, my professor, Sandy Padway at the Columbia Graduate School of Journalism was, he was so curious about the people that he met, like young people. He wanted to know, you know, what they were about, what they were interested in. And, um, and I and he just got such a kick out of of meeting people and has had lifelong relationships with those students, including myself. And, you know, I, I see what he did and, and I see how meaningful it can be to make a transition from kind of the daily grind of journalism like he was in um, to to helping other people find their connection to this industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, yeah, I find it really engaging. and I'm really happy to be here. I love I love that you shared that that entire career journey. It, it really was interesting and it was quick. It was the cliff notes. I know there's so much more, but it gives us a sense of just the breadth and width of your experience within sports and sports media. And I really love the way you talk about just kind of how women's sports was evolving at the time of you going in. And then to, to make the connection back to Seton Hall, to make the connection back to the Center for Sports Media and your inaugural gala, you're honoring another woman in the role, right? Yes. And, and, and one of the first women of color. Yes. To do yes. that as well. Right. And, you know, and, and knowing like firsthand, having, you know, been the only person like me in a press box or in the room mm -hmm. oftentimes. And, and of course, you know, Robin got her start at ESPN and, and, you know, as a black woman certainly experienced that, um, you know, to, to a greater degree than I sure. did. And, yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I absolutely look up to her and think she is a beacon um, for what you can do in this business. But I also think, you know, there is, there is definitely a reality that um, I, I certainly thought that by now there would be a lot more women coming up behind me. And I think some of those things are institutional and structural within sports media. And so one of the things that was crucial for me was having that informal network of, of people and women who I could go to who were uh, supportive and understanding what the dynamics were that made it just a little bit trickier, you know, for, for people um, 
to be in this business and to exist in this business and to kind of find their people. Sure. And, and that's also why I think it's important to have, uh, you know, this center. Um, you know, we want to have those conversations. We want to prepare all of our students for this, for this industry and so that they have that support. You know, whatever it is that you feel makes you different or makes you stick out or makes this just a little bit more challenging, we want to be there to provide that kind of community. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, that's a big important part also of, of having, um, you know, having a center for sports media at Seton Hall. Yeah, it's such an important part. And really just this lineage of legacy of women doing incredible things and leading the way, leading the charge is very, very much part of the Seton Hall story. You know, when we look at um, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and yeah. our, the legacy that we that we uphold, it's really important. So I love that you shared that. And I love that you you are paying a particular attention to the needs that students might have, regardless of what those needs might be based on their, you know, their identities or their lived experiences. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I also feel like you are just tapping right into what we know is true of the Seton Hall community, which is, it really feels like one community, one family, very supportive. And I speak to a lot of alum on this podcast and a common thread is that they share with me is the sense of community that they've gained from, from Seton Hall, from their experience at Seton Hall. And that's from administrators to faculty to fellow students. So I love that you're touching upon those themes as well. Yeah, and I reached out. I mean, part of I think the first couple of of I've been I've been in this role for four months, and you know, for a significant part of that time, students haven't been on campus, and mm. that that is tough. You know, yeah. when you are in a business because, or you know, when you're on a campus because you love working with students, not to have them is is can be challenging. But sure. what I did was I went and I called and I spoke to and I met with as many alums I could, as many faculty members as I could, other administrators you know, students where I can find them. And, you know, and that is something I heard echoed over and over again, is that this is a very special place. And that, you know, the the people who come here and the people who have come here and, and just seeing, you know, Bob Lee and how much, you know, how much he cares about this place deeply, you know, that is, that's an, an important thing. And it's something really to be fostered. Um, and so I don't take that lightly, you know, I, I am absolutely want to understand this community. And I think that is the, the first role that I have is really to, to listen to what people think is special here and what they want to see develop here. And I feel like I am starting to get a much better sense of that just based on all of the people who've really opened up to me about that. And I'm very grateful for that. So let's fast forward. Let's move the clock to a year from now. What would you be proud that the center has accomplished or what do you look forward to? If I was talking to you and I was saying like, Jane, it's time for us to get back on the phone and do another interview. What do you hope we'd be looking at or talking about? Well, there, oh gosh. Well, okay. So some of the things I definitely look at the Alex Rodriguez event, having Alex Rodriguez on campus last year and having him engage in small groups with our students as kind of the model for what we want to do. And, and not of all of our guests, you know, just as we talked earlier about front role, you know, front of the camera and behind the camera, not everybody that we have in is going to be somebody who is immediately recognizable, but we want them to be impactful and mm. to be able to 
talk to our students about some element of the business that's that is important. And so I want to have, you know, um, athletes, yes, broadcasters, yes, producers, um, you know, trailblazers, um, you know, people who are thinking a little bit differently, whether it comes to analytics or it comes to how, you know, um, fan engagement or audience metrics or any of that, you know, somebody who can who can just give our students a little bit of an edge in the way that they're thinking about what's coming down the pike. I mean, there are a lot of really rapidly changing areas in sports media right now. And I think sports betting is one. Um, and that can be a, a thoughtful conversation, a name, image, and likeness. And the way that's going to change college sports is something that is of great interest on this campus, both yeah. to budding journalists, but also to the athletes sure. and the administrators that are not sure what's going to be, you know, the next big thing. Yeah. Um, and so I think there are a number of different ways to kind of tackle that, that might be kind of interesting. Uh, and also I think women's sports, I think women's sports are kind of coming into their own economically in a way that we haven't seen before. Uh, the investment that's being made in women's sports, not only by corporations, but by other professional athletes. Um, you know, we really are seeing a movement on that front as well. And the, the ratings, I think, are reflecting um, the maturation of that market. So I think there are a lot of different ways that we can kind of talk about these issues and tackle them on campus in a way that kind of pulls our students in. I would also love to see an international component to our program, whether that's a, a semester uh, class that lives on a, on a campus abroad about sports and politics, which is something that I find very interesting. Um, there are lots of different ways for our students to engage with sports and understand that it's not just something that happens in the U.S. There is a entire world out there that that um, consumes sports, and and there are English language publications that live abroad that uh, hire people as well. So, right. you know, for for our students, the market is not just uh, a U.S. based market. They're really um, the world is a big place, and I want to expand our way of thinking about where where it is people might want to get started in their careers and how they might want to really expand the way they think about what sports are um, by looking at the way they're consumed across the world. The vision that you're sharing is very exciting. I think what you're talking a lot about is, is exposing students to just the full gamut that they could tap into as they start to figure out their professional career. And I think you're right. Oftentimes folks look at sports media and they, they're going to think about the broadcasters. They're going to think about those folks front and center that you see on camera. And there's so much more and it's so rich. And I love that you're sharing a vision that is going to cover all of that. So I'm very excited to see what's in store. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I am too. But I think, you know, I my kind of way of looking at it is like, it's, this is student-centered. What is going to benefit our students? And I often think back to myself and not even knowing like what I could be, what I could do and what an amazing career I've had. And because someone looked at me and said, you should be a sports writer, you know? Okay. And, and I just think sometimes um, when you're young, it takes a while to kind of find your thing that you want. And that, you know, you might come in and think, well, like I want to be in front of a camera calling a game, but it's only because you don't understand necessarily that there are so many other options and so many other choices and the world is a big place and the industry is a big place and you can be anything. Yeah. 
and um, create your own path. And that's why I think exposure to all of these different things is so important and why, you know, everything that we do has to have the student front and center um, and how it benefits that student. Yes, absolutely. So exciting. Now, I do not want to take up much more of your time because I don't know if I mentioned this earlier when I mentioned the gala, but we are recording just three days away from this incredible gala that's set to happen. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time out to even join us on this podcast this week. Well, I'm happy to do it in any way that I can connect. And look, if if there are any alum who are listening to this who are like, you know what, this sounds pretty cool. you know how to get me, you know how those emails work uh, within the <laughs> Seton Hall University system. So feel free to reach out. I'm, I am very interested in engaging. Beautiful. Well, Jane, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I do hope that we can connect in the future as co- things continue to roll out for the Center for Sports Media. And I wish you the best of luck on what I know will be an incredible event later this week. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for taking your time out to do this as well. Absolutely. Center for Sports Media is one of Seton Hall's many offerings that provide students with opportunities to demonstrate what great minds can do. For more information about the Center, be sure to check out this episode's show notes. Remember to stay up to date with all of Seton Hall's alumni engagement opportunities and to view recordings of past virtual events that you may have missed, visit www.shu.edu slash hall hub. Share the news of this podcast with your friends. Be sure to follow us on social media at Seton Hall alumni. And of course, if you know of a pirate we should have our eye on, do not hesitate to email us at alumni at shu.edu. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Seton Hall Pirates Eye Podcast. <music>